Welcome back to hell. No. No? Welcome to Hellbound History. Oh. Oh, what? Wow. 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 Is that one of those things where people are like, it's the Berenstein Bears. It's the Berenstein Bears. <laughs> Jared, you can keep this in. No. Yes. This is a, a mandala effect. Is that what they call it? Mandala? Mandala? Mandala. Mandala. I did think he like died earlier. And then who? That guy. Who? Mandela. Who's Mandela? Are you fucking with me right no, now? No, I have no idea what you're talking about. That's the Mandela effect. Because people thought like, some people were saying like, no, he died like in the 70s. And they're like, no, he died recently. And Who the fuck is Mandela? He's like some like peace protester, like an activist. He's like a real famous guy. You mean? Nelson Mandela. Oh, Nelson Mandela. Yeah. Is that his name? Yeah. Nelson Mandela? Yeah. I'm pretty sure it's Mandela. Isn't that crazy? That's like the one they were like. Yep. Ma- Mandela. Mandela. When did he die? He died in 2013. Yeah. Like people thought he died a long time ago. And they're like, he died in the 70s. I don't know what you're talking about. And they're like, well, in our reality, he died in 2013. <laughs> and they're like, <gasps> Mandela effect or Mandala effect, you know. Is it welcome back to hell? <laughs> I thought it was welcome back to hell. Welcome oh, back to hell. No, that no. doesn't make sense. Yeah. Welcome back to hellbound history. No, that's not it. Oh, fuck. <laughs> what is going on? Welcome to hellbound history, where we talk about terrible people and terrible situations. Both worthy of going to hell. I'm your host, Jordan. And I'm your host, Lainey. Jared, keep all of that in, (laughs) and now here we go with our intro music. All right, everybody. Hi. Welcome back to hell. I was about to scream out in the mic. You know that, right? (laughs) That's how I scream out. Yeah, that was an interesting intro, and I'm still not 100% convinced that we even got it right (laughs) right so when you do something for so long when you do it again it's like is that how it was you start yeah you think about it too much you know what i'm saying i definitely started thinking too much about it yeah it's like when you say certain words and you're like that's a weird word is that really how that word is spelled right and you start thinking oh yeah you know what i'm talking about i know am i just I could be just on another level. We have a seance going on. Yes. It's so spooky. It's spooky. Lainey's friend made these candles with like a cricket circuit thing. Yes. And so it's, it's like little prayer candles with um <laughs> horror movie icons. Yeah, they're like so they're they're like the prayer candles, like those tall candles, mm-hmm. right? And they're not like the the prayer candles where it's like Lady Gaga as a saint or anything like that. Yeah, no, like it's that. not like that. They're just like little black sketches of different horror icons. So I have Pennywise, Chucky, and uh, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice staring at my soul. And Jordan has uh, Freddy, Michael Myers, and Ghostface staring at her. I was about to say Jason, and then I'm like, wait. She doesn't have a Jason one. No, Jason's a hockey mask. Sorry, Michael Myers. I keep getting you confused for Jason. It's okay. It happens to the best of us sometimes. To the best of us. But we are recording in person and we decided to turn off all the lights, light these candles. So this is Hellbound History After Dark. Oh my gosh. Yeah. When she's like, it's Hellbound History After Dark. I was like, oh, sign me up. night, (laughs) the hash slinking slasher (laughs) taking out the trash. At At night. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I'm actually really excited for your story today. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Back to the story. Back to the story. <laughs> um, yeah. I gave Jordan a choice of two stories for me to redo. And I got so to pick. She got to pick. Um, I'm going through a lot of stuff mentally right now. So I just wasn't in the headspace to research another story. Um, but I am researching another story. Mm-hmm, it's just mm-hmm. kind of a really heart-wrenching story and uh, when you're depresso expresso over here and you're researching a really sad kind of story it it's hard yeah right yeah so um gotta take my, care my psychiatrist up my wellbutrin 
if you uh, do not produce your own serotonin, store-bought is just fine. <laughs> so, uh, uh, yeah. So hopefully next time Jordan and I get together and record, I can do this story for you guys because I'm super excited about it and I think it's really interesting. But our new uh, – or not our new – our redo story is the Chappaquiddick incident. Yes. So going on, continuing with the Kennedys, right? Uh, the Kennedy curse. And oh. I'm super excited to continue research on more of the Kennedys, right? Kind of redoing these stories. I was like, okay, like I, I miss I miss the Kennedys. You got the bug. You got the I bug. I miss them. I feel like they've been out of my life for so long. So I'm back in action with the Kennedys. And this one, again, is the Chappaquiddick incident. And my sources are Quora.com, Wikipedia, History.com, Boston Globe documentary on YouTube, and Mail Online. I don't know. Oh. Don't, she's looking at me like I'm a psychopath with Mail Online. I, just, I was like, did I hear that you right? You just check your Mail Online, and it's just like, oh, I thought you one. said Mail Lions. Sorry. <laughs> yes. Mail Lions. That's why I gave you the look. This is an MGM Studios-sponsored <laughs> podcast. Rawr. Rawr. <laughs> okay. So here we are. It's July 18th, 1969. Okay. So hmm. there's some uh, brown Ooh. pantsuits yeah. coming on. Like we're coming out of the flower child era. We're you going know, into You know, Woodstock like happened in 1969 and we're getting to the 70s where we're getting into that orange avocado, dark brown era. So who knows? So there was a party going on in full bloom as the Kennedys and their campaign team were celebrating the work of their beloved boiler room girls. So they're on the little Chappaquiddick Island and they're partying, they're celebrating because who doesn't love a good party? Um, the boiler room girls was this group of women who basically had to work in a hot, loud, windowless location in Kennedy's Washington headquarters. Um, so there were six young women they were just a team of very smart girls, and they were really vital in tracking and compiling data and intelligence on how the Democratic delegates from different states intended to vote. So, again, remember, the Kennedys are all about the politics. Yeah. yeah. All about the politics. You open up politics, look up the word politics in the dictionary, and you see a big Bam. fat picture of all of the Kennedys. Um, so one of these boiler room girls was a lady, a 20-year-old lady named Mary Jo Kopechny, and she was a secretary and a campaign worker, and she actually worked mostly for Bobby Kennedy, um, and she dabbled in some work for Ted Kennedy here and there, but she didn't really know Ted too well. Mm -hmm. But at around 11.15 on that night, again, July 18th, 1969 it's probably pretty pretty spicy outside right oh july yeah but it's summer and uh mary Jo kopechny she left the party unannounced and she was never seen alive again so she left her keys and purse behind and she didn't tell anybody that she was leaving and it is thought from the words of ted kennedy that she left to board a ferry landing so she could return to um edgar town so it's like a little island and mm -hmm. there's like little fairies that kind of come in and like in and out. And a little so party island. They all stay on the other, mm -hmm. on the island, like on the uh, whatever, wherever Edgar Town is, right? And so in a negligent accident, as we find out later on as to why she was never seen alive again, um, Mary Jo Kopechny never made it to that fairy landing at all. So Ted Kennedy, he ended up leaving the party at around 11.30. And um, obviously, there's a party, right? So obviously, he's probably a little tipsy. Yeah. We don't yeah. know for sure. But They're celebrating. Context clues can lead us to homie was a little bit tipsy and probably shouldn't have gotten behind the wheel of the car. And he ended up accidentally driving his 1967 Oldsmobile Delmont 88 off of a narrow, unlit rail list like guard like there was no guardrails on this little bridge and so uh, he skidded off into the pusha pond i don't really know how to pronounce that but where this pond was located because the whole theory behind this is is that he was basically driving and escorting mary joe to the ferry landing right yeah well so where this pond 
is in location to the ferry landing, it was a thousand percent not on the way to the ferry landing. Oh, wow. So what between those hours of basically 1130 and 1 a.m., the car overturned, skidded into the pond and Ted Kennedy was luckily able to um, get out of the car and swim free to the shore. Uh, however, unfortunately, Mary Jo was left trapped inside the vehicle and she drowned. Uh, Kennedy actually later reported saying that once he got to the shore, he called her name several times to see like to like, you know, like you just witnessed someone like get trapped in a car. Yeah. Right. You're like, I'm going to be yelling, Jordan, Jordan. You yeah, know what I'm saying? I hope so. And I'll be yeah. like, oh, I'm in the car. I'm in the car. Um, was there a reason why she couldn't get out of the car? So, and we'll get into that because there's a lot of different kind of theories oh, that okay, go okay. with that because stories don't line necessarily up. line up in this one. And so that's, it's, I don't want to say a conspiracy, but it's kind of like he said, she said, of course, the Kennedys are on politics, so they're going to do anything to protect their name. Got it. They're, uh, yeah, and uh, you know what I mean. So mm-hmm, it's just, it's mm-hmm, just mm-hmm. all kinds of bad. Um so he said that he, uh, after he called her name and she was unresponsive to the name, he swam down to try to reach her about seven or eight times. Um, he attempted to uh, retrieve her, but unfortunately he stated that the current was too strong, so he was just unable to. So he swam back to the shore and he laid on the shore for about 15 minutes before he returned on foot to Lauren's cottage, which I believe that is where the party was. So he left the party, flipped the car, tried to revive or not revive her, retrieve her, and then walked back to the cottage, which I'm not for sure how far it is, but he's like soaking wet. And yeah. He's like walking back. Um, Kennedy, where Kennedy was and where the cottage was, he actually passed four houses on his route back, which you just overturned your car yeah, just your go to one first of those. instinct obviously there weren't any cell phones back in that mm-hmm. day so you can't really like 911 what's your emergency but hey like i'm going to run to the nearest house and bang on the door and be like get help get help like the car overturned yeah and there's someone stuck inside like, like i couldn't get her like so we need some help over time here time is of the essence my people like mm-hmm. you could drown obviously right yeah and so um he uh did not make any attempt to knock on any of the doors or make contact with anybody. And there was actually a resident at a house only about 460 feet away, which isn't really that That far. far. And he passed that house and their light was on outside. They had a working home or working phone and there were actually people home. So it's not like he walked past his house and like all the houses were dark. No, like, this one was the light was on the light was on and there was people home so if he tried he definitely would have been able to contact the police Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. suspicious weird yeah so kennedy returns to the cottage which i don't really understand how he can just you know just show up soaking wet and obviously he's gonna be a little frazzled right i mean but he told um Gargan and Markham. So these are two lawyers that he knows. So he tells them about the incident and they themselves, they end up driving to the pond to see if they themselves could attempt to rescue Mary Jo from the overturned car, which at that point, you have to know she's already dead. Yeah, it's been too long. five minutes go by right and yeah. that's that's still you yeah you're still you're still dead yeah. unless there's like an air pocket in the car you know but that's a very rare case but so they try to and that and this is their words they attempt to go rescue her but to me that kind of sounds from this story this particular story right because it's just this one of the theories or what is kind of like the hearsay mm-hmm. hearsay hearsay <laughs> <laughs> but um I don't think that they were, if this is the true account, I don't think that they were going to 
rescue her, you know, I think they were probably going to retrieve the body. Oh. And then, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, because that looks bad. That looks very bad. So they state that they were also unable to retrieve her because, again, of that current that Kennedy himself said that he well, it was a cause for why he couldn't swim down. So they end up going back to the ferry that apparently she was trying to get to, right? So all three of them are back at the ferry and they discuss that the authorities should be notified. So Markham and Gargan, according to them, they're like, okay, this is bad. We can't get to her. She's probably dead. We need to let them know, right? So Kennedy, they're all standing on this like ledge of the the where the ferry is, right? So Kennedy ends up yelling, "You take care of the other girls. I will take care of the accident." And so then he just suddenly like dives into the channel of the water like he's Aquaman. Oh my gosh! It's and so we've funny. come full circle with the whole Amber Heard because <laughs> you know she was an Aquaman. Oh. And how do you think she got that movie role? Um. So. Gargan and Markham are basically under the impression, okay, we'll go back to the the cottage and take care of the other girls, you know, to make sure that they're okay and kind of just do our due diligence on that part. And Kennedy is going to notify the authorities. Kennedy is going to do what he needs to do, right? Mm -hmm. So as Kennedy aquamans into the water and swims, he swam 500 feet um, across to Edgartown. And he then just goes into his hotel room and changes. And Gargan and Markin are both, uh, again, led to believe that Kennedy went back to the hotel to go tell the authorities. But then Kennedy just did not do that. And so he's all like, I'm Aquaman. <laughs> and then gets changed and goes to sleep. Yeah, I, I don't know why, as it plays in my head, it's like he goes, ah, Time for a nap and just like lay down. It's time to go to bed. I'm t- I'm, tired. I'm tired. Let's go to sleep. And so this is another strange situation because if somebody, because again, this is all again hearsay. We mm-hmm. don't really know the the true story. And so this is just the account, like the official account of kind of what is said to have happened. And so things just don't add up to me. So he Aquaman's into the water and then he goes to the hotel room and then he's just able to sleep. Yeah. After How, all this, after all of that, like you think you just killed somebody on accident, of course. Yeah. Right. And again, if it was an accident, then why didn't you just go to the authorities? But then we go back into the Kennedys are a part of politics mm, and images, everything and image and all of this stuff. Right. So, of course, they're going to want to withhold information. They're going to want to protect their image. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So the next day at 7.30 in the morning, Kennedy is actually just spot like spotted just casually talking to the other people at, like, I guess, breakfast. Like the previous night did not just happen. Yeah. So he's talking about um, the, the, the day before his sailboat race and just – no, he didn't look like anything was wrong, okay? What? So he's just able to have normal conversations with people. No one suspects anything. He's not sweating. He's not jittery. He's not, like, looking over his back. He's not even distraught. Exactly. So his body language is completely just not... It's like another day for him. Yeah, exactly. A thousand percent. And so, so this is where... We can kind of be like, hmm, is this the true story then? Because if we're given this information about his body language and how he was acting, or is this literally how he was trained his whole life Mm -hmm. and conditioned to act like, be able to really put on that front of everything is okay because of who the Kennedys were. So is he lying or... Shoving it down. Shoving it down or... Is he able to just kind of put on this facade, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I'm going to go, like, later on, I'm going to go into kind of what my personal theory is. Ooh. And so, and I'll, and I'll bring that back up. But so now it's 8 a.m., mm-hmm. all right? And so there's a man and a 15-year-old. They are, which I think I think it's, a, so I think of a father and son, right? And his 15-year-old. It sounds like a possession. It's so <laughs> weird. Um, my bad. 
So a man and his 15-year-old, they're on their way to go fishing. Mm -hmm. And they're going fishing in the pond. Okay. Obviously, here we go. Right? The Uh, pond. Oh, it's the pond. The pond. Yeah. So both of them end up seeing the submerged car in the pond and... uh, because they're normal people, they're like, oh, you know what we should do? We, we should, should notify the people. We should notify someone, Yay. right? So they notify the residents of the cottage nearest the scene. So that house that was about 460 feet away. So they, they, they're like, hey, because again, no cell phones, right? Yeah. But they're like, yeah, but working phone. So nine, again, 911 emergency. Very so, easy, by the way, how they did that. Yeah. And so they ended up calling the authorities at about... 8.20 a.m. And if I can remember from the pictures, the car is not fully submerged, I don't think. And I and I could be totally wrong, but from pictures, and I, maybe this is a picture of them getting the car out, but it didn't look like it was fully mm-hmm, mm-hmm. underwater. Yeah. And so uh, if the man and his 15-year-old saw like something sticking up, then it's like very obvious that, oh, that's a car. Oh my gosh. Right. But if it's fully submerged, right, it'd be a little bit more difficult to see. Yeah. But maybe they'd frequent the pond pretty frequently and maybe it's something's out of place. So I'm not, I'm not really sure, but it's now eight 45 and police chief Dominic, um, Dominic James arena, a trained scuba diver with capable equipment of getting the vehicle out of water. John Farrar, captain of Edgartown Fire Rescue Unit. They all arrive at the scene. So the scuba diver discovered Mary Jo's body, unfortunately, in the back seat with her face turned upward and her ham- her hands clasping the back seat. And he ended up recovering the body within 10 minutes. So... Remember, so she's in the back seat of the car at this point, okay? So her face is upturned and her hands are grabbing the the back seat. So the police ran the license plate number and guess whose car it was? Kennedy's. Yes. They found that it was registered to Kennedy. So meanwhile, while all of this is kind of unfolding, Kennedy is... Back at the payphone, which I believe, well, I don't, I, I don't know if it's a payphone at the ferry or whatever, but he's at a payphone. Okay. Mm-hmm. So he's at a payphone. Um, yeah. So he's back at the payphone where he was discussing his options with Markham and uh, the other lawyer. So he's back at the, at that area. And so he's now discussing the options of yet again, what, what should we do? Right. Mm-hmm. So now time has passed and they're like, Oh my gosh, I, I don't know what to do. We need to kind of, we need to really quick. Right. They're probably thinking we need to get the body out of the, the yeah. water, right. And hide the body. Uh, but while Kennedy was on the phone, he ends up overhearing that um, a car and body have had been discovered. So can you imagine like being on the phone like, what do we do? Breaking news, a body and car registered to Ted Kennedy found in the Pushka Pond, right? Oh, oh my, my God. Gosh. And you're about like, uh-oh, this ain't good. Yeah, and time has passed, so this really doesn't look good. Yeah, no, so now about nine hours have passed, anywhere from nine to 10, 11 hours have passed. But Kennedy... Ends up entering the police station at 950 because he knows that they're obviously looking for him. If the car is registered, there's a dead body in a car. Um, Obviously, he died of drowning, so there's not necessarily any foul play. It looks like an accident, right? It just straight up looks like an accident. But then if it was an accident, then... why is your car just abandoned with that person Why didn't you say anything, right? So there's all these other questions. So he confirms that he is the he was the driver that night, and the cause of death was ruled as an accidental drowning, mm-hmm. and there doesn't there was not an autopsy done because no foul play was expected, yeah. and basically they only do autopsies when oh. foul play is um, suspected. So oh. yeah, and even if so, let's say like a coroner or the medical examiner they are like oh yeah this is this is what happened right and then the family's like well i want you to do an autopsy they 
they still don't have to do an autopsy. They can decline it and be like, no, like this is this really? is what happened. Yeah. Interesting. There was a case, um, someone that I know, something something happened. Oh, uh, a girl, a girl, um, a girl that I know, um, there, a family member passed away and I asked like how it happened. And she said, well, this is what they said. And I said, but you guys don't know for sure. And they're like, no. And they won't do an autopsy on them because they're saying like this one thing or something. So it's, oh. and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but this is what I'm hearing. And this is kind of like a frequent thing. And I think it's like, cause it's time and money. Like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and if it's, you know like you, what it they'll is they'll waste a lot of money if they chase down like just random yes, things yeah exactly so so there was no autopsy done because foul play was not suspected um mary joe was found though to have a blood alcohol level of um 0.09% which is basically uh drunk yeah. So that is above the legal limit. And she had to have up to about five drinks of liquor. Holy cow. An, yeah. Within an hour prior to her death. Holy so cow. So she was like, shot, 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 shots, everybody. Oh, she was lit. She was partying. Yeah. Which is probably, so for the, for the situation, it's probably better in in a way i guess maybe she was like kind of passed out or something so i don't i don't know it's unfortunate um but yeah five drinks of liquor and she was only 20 again she was 28 years old so she's my age oh. and it's just so weird to think about that yeah but on july 25th so now we're kind of skipping to a couple couple days um in 1969 as well, Kennedy pleads guilty to a charge of leaving the scene of an accident and received a two-month suspended jail sentence. Um, Judge James Boyle states he has, or, uh, has already been and will continue to be punished far beyond anything this court can impose. So the judge does not give him a sentence because he's already suffering the mental whatever anguish of, like oh he yeah feels so bad about it. you know Which, what guys i mean i i understand yeah. that aspect because you now you have to live with the fact that, that the happened. fact that you killed somebody due to your negligence yeah right so that that does putting you in jail is not going to bring her back right he's not necessarily a bad person it's like a carelessness situation mm-hmm. but then also it's the kennedy so did they pay off the judge so many different question marks, right? So he goes on to say in a televised statement that same evening that his conduct immediately after the crash made no sense at all, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm, yeah. we, we all can agree we with that. We all agree with that, yes, yes. You should have immediately gone and said somebody. something, yeah. my dude, right? He continues to say that he did not engage in any immoral conduct with Mary Jo, nor was he driving under the influence of alcohol that evening. He then goes on to say that his doctors told him he had suffered from cerebral concussion and shock, and that is why he did not notify the authorities immediately. And then he went on to ask the citizens of Massachusetts if he should resign in um, this particular odd statement, saying... If at any time the citizens of Massachusetts should lack confidence in their senator's character or his ability, with or without justification, he could not, in my opinion, adequately perform his duties and should not continue in office. The opportunity to work with you and serve Massachusetts has been my life, has made my life worthwhile. So I ask you tonight, the people of Massachusetts, to think this through with me. In facing this decision, I seek your advice and opinion. In making it, I seek your prayers, for this is a decision that I will have finally to make on my own. So just to kind of recap that he's denying that him and Mary Jo had any like. Yeah. I, I thought that was a little bit of a interesting thing to say. I th- I was that being talked about? Like kind of with. I'm this? sure it was okay. because you have this young, cute woman. Right. And she's in the car with the senator. Right. Oh, yeah. Why was she in the car with the senator? She doesn't really know Ted Kennedy that well. She only she only really works with Bobby Kennedy. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. So of course you're opposite genders. You are of course that kind oh, of talk. Your feelings. Those the National Enquirer is probably having a field day. People Magazine. All of those oh, gossip goodness. magazines yeah. are just like, whoo, yeah. yeah. Just 
out there. So Kennedy's speech, I think he kind of tried to use that speech as a sympathy card, Mm -hmm. right? But it was immediately met with a negative reaction. Um, A lot of people ended up comparing it to Richard Nixon's 1952 checker speech. Oh my gosh, this speech, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, something about the dog, right? Yeah, it's like Nixon just is like talking about like a dog or something. Yeah, trying to get sympathy about like a dog that he had to put down or something. And I think, again, it was trying to get sympathy, but it kind of like- It was like a weird- It was like, why? Yeah, Yeah. like why? I'm confused. Please tell me more. I can't remember what it was. I know I did some research on the checker speech- the last time we did this one, I just can't remember, but I know it was something with a dog and yeah. so- something like that. But any anybody compared to Richard Nixon, being compared to Richard Nixon it's is not, not, yeah. not necessarily <laughs> a good thing. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, so yeah. regardless of what the contents of that speech are, probably not good that it's compared. So... Of course, because there are some things that are weird about the case mm-hmm. and things don't really add up. This doesn't make any sense. It just doesn't make any yeah, sense. Yeah, it doesn't make any right? sense. It's very odd. Yeah. So the cause of death basically remained disputed. And John Farrar, and so he is the captain of the fire rescue unit who was there at the at the scene when, mm-hmm. they, when they found out. He believes that Mary Jo died from suffocation rather than from drowning or from the impact of the overturned car because the way Mary Jo and the car, um, when they the way that they were found, so the back seat of the car would have created an air pocket. I think I was talking about the air pocket before. Oh, so yeah. just the way that that happened, because remember her head is up. Oh yeah, it's like bent backwards up. and she's holding on to the back of the seat. Yes, exactly. So that leads him to believe that there was an air pocket in the car. She's which, breathing it. Yes. So two things with that, right? Oh no. So you run out of air. Oh, no. Right? Oh, yes. So there's only... A certain amount. A certain amount of oxygen that is in that air pocket. Okay? So that's the first thing. The second thing is that if homeboy went to the house to get help, that would have given him enough time to get, to get the- her out. Oh, my gosh. So oh then that she, because the car wasn't, if, if that is the story, yeah. it wouldn't have been completely submerged, therefore air pocket, therefore extra time for him to try to do something. And so then we see how long it took people to get to the scene, right? Yeah. So the father and son showed up at 8 p.m. At 8.20, they called the, the police and then 8.45, they were there. So that's 15 minutes, right? So 15 minutes, they could have gotten there in 15 minutes. And that is, we have a scene, right? Mm-hmm. No one's directly in danger. So they're just like, okay, we, we're going to show up to the scene. But if they're like, hey, emergency. They'll come even they quicker. Exactly. So that would have given a lot of time for them to actually try to have attempted to rescue Mary Jo. It's just so odd. Yeah. So in Farrar, he publicly asserted that Mary Jo would have probably lived if an rescue attempt had been made in a more timely manner. So now we're at January 5th, 1970. And so um, a judicial inquest, which is held to a person's uh, cause of death. And these are usually only conducted when deaths are sudden or unexplained. Um, and these even could be called upon a formal request of the public. Oh, cool. So they do this judicial inquest and it concluded. <laughs> My dog's dying <laughs> over here. You're sure. Croissant, are you okay? Oh, it's croissant? Yeah. Oh, croissant. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she's back over here. Oh, with my me God. Now. Poor croissant. So, anyway. This judicial inquest ends up concluding that Kennedy and Mary Jo did not intend to take the ferry that night. Obviously, because they were not in the direction in the direction of the ferry and that Kennedy intentionally turned down that dirt road to the bridge. And it was also concluded that Kennedy was driving his car 
um, negligently, if not recklessly, at too high of a speed. So again, Kennedy's probably shwasted. So, right, and he has a nice Oldsmobile. He's I like a to Kennedy. imagine he has like his tie like stuck on his forehead. Oh or my something. god, stop! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like, he like tried to turn it off, take it off, and he couldn't. He's like, yeah, that's money. He's hat. like a lampshade over his head. He's like, oh, <laughs> So during this hearing, Kennedy himself ends up testifying that he had full intention of reporting the crime. And he told Gargan and Mechem, or Markham not to tell the other woman anything about the incident because, because, quote, I felt strongly that if these girls were notified that an accident had taken place and Mary Jo had, in fact, drowned, that would only be a matter of seconds before all of those girls who were long and dear friends of Mary Jo's would go to the scene of the accident and enter the water with, I felt a good chance that some serious mishap might have occurred to any one of them. But remember the person, I can't remember who, whatever the person is, says that he suffered from cerebral shock, right? Oh, yeah. So he's saying that he had this whole like he had this whole complete thought process, right? He's making these thoughts. If you are in shock, then if you're in shock, I guess walking away from the scene of the crime and just being kind of just like dazed out, that kind of makes oh, more sense. Okay. Right? Yeah. Not really understanding what's real, what's not, you know, because if you're drunk and you're in cerebral shock, right? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. That makes sense. But now you're telling me that you had rationale for not wanting your lawyers to tell the other girls. That doesn't make sense to me. Mm -hmm. That's where the story is not lining up for me, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. He testifies that um, he was back at the hotel and uh, almost tossed and turned and walked around that room. I had not given hope all night long that by some miracle, Mary Jo would have escaped from that car. But you did nothing to you get her out anything. of the car. Yeah, you're so hoping, but you don't. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't again, make sense. Yeah. Like, oh, again, to gain sympathy. Oh, you were so worried about Mary Jo. Oh. But you were the one person who supposedly knew that she was in the car and you did nothing about it. Yeah, hard make to place sympathy make for that. sense. Yeah. So Farrar ends up taking the stand to testify. And he states... Uh, this is a little quote from his testimony, but it looked as if she were holding herself up to get a last breath of air. It was a consciously assumed position. She didn't drown. She died of suffocation in her own air void. It took her at least three or four hours to die. I could have had her out of that car in 25 minutes after I got the call, but he didn't call. Yeah, so he had another three to four hours to help get her out of the car. While he's lollygagging, kind While of While he's, again, aquamanning yeah. in the water, basically telling them, I'll handle the authorities because, according to the lawyers, they said, we need to get the authorities. And they didn't. He's just in his hotel room, sleeping like a baby. Yeah. I have no words. So... Farrar believed that Mary Jo lived for at least two hours um, in the pocket of the car. So for two hours, two hours. That's so scary. Just imagine being in a car, knowing you're stuck, submerged underneath. Uh, you at least have an air pocket, but my God, you know it's running out and you just are waiting. Yeah. And you're like, I like Kennedy was in here. Uh, he's going to be back any minute now. Oh my God. He's going to be back any minute now. He's going to get some help. He's going to get some help. And then at what point do you realize that no one's coming for you? I would know like after 30, 40 minutes, yeah. right? I don't know. I, I think like, I don't know. I don't know. Situations are all different with this one. It could, it could be like, oh, he's going to come back like right she's away she's also extremely inebriated too oh my gosh and she's drunk that's right so she's just like what taking a nap or something she's just like yeah. water and basically and oh oh so some of the total findings during the judicial inquest according to judge boyle's report are as follows 
The death probably occurred between 11.30 p.m. and 1 a.m. on July uh, 18th, 19th, which he left a party at July or at 11.30, so I don't know how her death could have been at that time. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I'm trying to see because it said that she left the party at 11.15, but then she survived for about two hours but this is also the judge's um the judge's perspective right and i think that i'm sure the judge was paid off so he's gonna obviously mm-hmm. contradict what farrar was saying uh kennedy and kopechny did not intend to return to edgartown at that time kennedy did not intend to drive the ferries um a ferry slip and his turn onto a dike road had been intentional, which is the road that where the bridge was. And he was driving over 20 miles per hour, which was hazardous given the conditions. Cause it's a dirt, it's a dirt road. And the bridge again has no lights. Oh yeah. Isn't it's like a little, I don't know. I always imagine it to kind of be like a weird boat dock thing. I mean, yeah, kind of, I think yeah. a little bridge, no lights, no guardrails, dirt road, no seatbelts because it's 1969. Oh my gosh, that's right. You know what I'm saying? Uh, so like... Man, they were wild. Wild people back then. The judge stopped short of recommending charges and the grand jury uh, convened on April 6, 1970, returning no indictments. So he did not get any charges. Not even for like... Um... Oh, well, his license got suspended for 16 months. Okay, I... But I mean, like he didn't get like any like, um, even though it was like an accident and you were with her and nothing, not a. Huh. Yeah, the other thing that said that he uh, failure to not report an incident, but then the judge said, "Ah, you feel bad." So (laughs) you're so sad. You know, it's okay. I'm gonna make you glad. Yeah. So Kennedy, so Ted Kennedy was married during all of this right and so i'm sure that was hard for her too because again i'm sure like the gossip magazines and obviously question mark question mark why was she in the car was he he wasn't on his way to the ferry to drop her off so what were they doing right and so she was pregnant at this time while all of this was going down and she was confined to bed rest because of her two previous miscarriages um, she did intend. She did attend the funeral of Mary Jo, and she stood beside her husband in court. She fully believed him, apparently. And soon after, uh, unfortunately, she miscarried again, and she ends up blaming the Chappaquiddick incident because of all the stress that she was under. Oh. And of course, this is the Kennedys that we're talking about, right? So this case made national news and it even influenced Kennedy to not run for president in 1972. So he was, again, Joe Kennedy wanted all of his. He wanted little all little politicians. President, president, president. So he did not run for president in 1972 or even in 1976. And it was said that this incident basically ruined, completely ruined his chance of ever becoming president. And in 1980, he attempted the Democratic Party presidential primaries, but he only earned three, uh, 37.6 of the vote. And he lost a nomination to uh, Jimmy Carter, the peanut farmer. <laughs> I love Jimmy. <laughs> yeah. And so how insulting must that be? Like you're, you're a Kennedy and you lost to a peanut farmer. But good old, good old Jimmy Carter. Oh good old gosh. Jimmy Carter. I love Jimmy Carter. But the family of Mary Jo Kopechny, um, they did not end up bringing any legal action against Ted Kennedy, but they did receive a payment of um, $90,904 from the from Ted personally and then another $50,000 from his insurance company. The Kopechny family explained their decision to not take any legal action uh, basically by saying that they did not want the public to think that they were basically looking for blood money, right? Because okay. they're a Kennedy. You can like, you could, you could get a lot for that. Ring them dry, right? But they're, that's no matter, the, again, no matter the price, like it's not gonna, it's not gonna fix it's it. It's not gonna bring it back, right? Mm-hmm. And honestly, that probably just make it worse for them in the long run. 
Uh, so we kind of talked about different theories, yeah. right? So there's one theory called the fringe theory. And so uh, obviously the media, there's a conspiracy and theory for everything. And so this particular theory suggests that Ted was paranoid of a cop that they saw and he didn't want to get pulled over. So apparently there was a cop along this road that they took. And so with this theory, he says that, well, it's basically believed that he was drunk and so he wanted Mary Jo to drive instead, even though she was also drunk. But if she gets caught... It's not a big deal. It's not a big deal. But if he gets caught... It's a big deal. It's a big deal. And he'll probably pay off whatever it is because it's it's basically his fault, right? Mm -hmm. But he just didn't want to be behind the wheel. But that's this theory. But that's kind of proven not true because she was actually only uh, five foot two. And she owned a small Volkswagen Beetle back home and she wasn't used to driving a bigger car. And again, being drunk herself, she would not have been able to figure out the car, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um. So, but then they kind of play that into like, oh, well, that's why they crashed is because she couldn't figure out the car because she was only five foot two and she was drunk. So that makes complete sense. But it doesn't make sense. Why would he have her drive the car? It it seems like a long shot. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, so it, there was no evidence to support that claim. And another theory is that Kennedy was never in the car. So this suggests that he got out, let Mary Jo drive and told her he'd go back to get his friends back at the cottage. She ends up driving too fast in a sense of urgency um, it has yet to be explained how an inebriated big guy got out of an upside down car without the doors or the window smashed. So that's kind of like a big question mark is that he got out of the car with, he, he was fine. He got out of the car very quickly. Yeah. So how did he get out of the car? The yeah. window wasn't rolled down. The window wasn't smashed. The door wasn't open. The car was upside down. So how'd you do it? Man? How did he do it? Right. He must've not been in the car. But Ted wasn't even able to explain how he got even out of the car himself. So he was never really able to even provide a how, how he did that. Interesting. So uh, if, because if he got out of the car, why would he shut the car door yeah. behind how him? Could you shut? Unless there was a strong current like there was, right? Because uh, they reported a strong current and a current could easily like. I mean, Slam yeah. A door. Okay, yeah. If it's filling in too, mm-hmm. yeah. A forensic uh, accident specialist said that if she were in the passenger seat, the side of the car first hit in the water, she should have some injuries on the right side of her neck, body, and head. And also because of where she was in the car, he concluded that she was in the driver's side. And because of the doors and windows being closed and intact, he wasn't in the car. So that's a theory. Okay. But then if he wasn't in the car, why not just say I wasn't in the car? When oh, that yeah. Happened? That would have been so much easier then. Right? Yeah. It's like, then we created this whole entire elaborate story. For no reason? Exactly. Huh. So this is another theory, and this is the one that I closely believe. So this is a theory that explains the fact that Mary Jo left her purse and everything behind, right? Because oh, yeah. she did not take anything with her. She didn't even tell her friends goodbye, and she was leaving the party. So her purse, her keys were left at the party still. And, um, and she left. So uh, this theory suggests that being inebriated and kind of not thinking anything, she's probably, she was what? 0.09%. Oh yeah. She is lit. Yes. So this says that she ends up laying down in the Kennedy's car to rest as she didn't feel well from drinking. And the theory is that Kennedy actually didn't know that Mary Jo was in the car all along and had a different female passenger in the passenger seat i don't i don't necessarily believe this part um this also explains why mary joe is in the back seat when her body was discovered the second female identification remains a mystery and perhaps kennedy thought a car accident would be less of a scandal versus being caught with another woman so kenny didn't know at the time mary joe was in the car when it crashed 
Hmm. So that one kind of does make sense. Yeah, that right? does make but sense. But then who is this question mark lady, right? Oh, yeah. But I... So this is where my my personal theory kind of comes in. I don't think he knew that she was in the car. Nothing suggests that he did know that she was in the car, right? Yeah. Kennedy is drunk himself, more than likely, right? Going for a little bit of a joy ride, right? Um, who knows what the hell he's doing? So he ends up in the car. He gets out of the car. He's like, oh, crap. I tip my car whatever right it's yeah. my car this is gonna look bad because i tipped my car and hopefully no one saw me i'm a kennedy i'm not gonna go tell anybody i'm gonna go tell my lawyers so they know that the car is in the ditch and we can go retrieve it another day before anyone gets the discovers the car mm-hmm. save my butt and then he finds out oh that there's there, someone in there. there was someone in the car yeah and so that kind of explains why there wasn't a sense of urgency yeah that does yeah um so that's kind of what I think happened. Why does he go on to create like this elaborate story? Of course, when we're freaking out, we kind of try to find rationale for what we do. And that was just what he was trying to do, especially if they thought that he didn't really have an excuse as to why Mary Jo was in the car, right? Mm-hmm. And so he's kind of creating a reason why she was in the car, even though he didn't even know that she was there. But again, female in car with Senator equals bad. Yeah. Bad yeah. scandal, right? But the the mystery woman is an interesting aspect, which does seem... Um, like, where is it does, she? It does make sense because he thought, if, if this is what it was, that a car accident would be less of a scandal... Right. Yeah. I'll just take the L for the car accident. Yeah, like it's not that big deal. It's a car accident. We all get into car yeah. accidents, right? And then forget about the mystery lady, right? Yeah. But then uh oh. There now a- there's a dead woman in the back of my car. And what's worse? A fair or dead woman now. So now he's kind of screwed. Yeah. Yeah. And then he's not gonna admit to the woman because now we're not gonna have two scandals upon us. So just just the one trying to put all the fires out at once and then maybe like again like maybe even like yes i was in the car to completely derail them from finding out about the scandal of like the woman right so that one makes the most sense Mm -hmm. to me again it definitely explains why she was in the back seat of the car and she was in the back seat on the driver's side because obviously she wasn't driving the car yeah so she could have been in the back seat on the driver's side yeah, I, I was thinking to myself when I get in the car, do I look in the back seat ever? I don't look. I mean, like, do you I take my rear view mirror expecting like a serial killer to be in the back there? But but if someone was like laying like down there, you know what I mean? Like, yo, yeah, no, I would not. I would not notice at all. Yeah. Like, at all. Especially if you're drunk. Yeah. With his tie and lampshade over his head. <laughs> yeah. Like you're not really so much concerned about these yeah you're just like i'm gonna go for a ride i'm going i'm, I'm a kennedy man look i'm kennedy flavored something i don't know <laughs> yeah and of course the situation is a huge scandal of the time so it led to satire <laughs> so magazines and presidents just made fun of um just they just made jokes about kennedy like don't let kennedy drive Oh yeah. my gosh. And National Lampoon even mocked the incident with a beetle advertisement. What? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Wait, what? Really? Yeah. Um, it's pop culture. I'm sure that if SNL was going on back in that era, I, I you find know my pop culture about you this. know that there was probably if I mean, I don't remember when SNL started, but if it was going on at the time, there's probably They're gonna make jokes about it. Probably a skit about especially in this era, like it would be on a weekly update, a thousand percent sure there would be a definitely a joke. I would love Trevor Noah to cover this. (laughs) Trevor Noah. Trevor Noah's not in weekly update. No, I know, but like Oh, oh, the, like a talk oh, okay. show. I was yeah. like, is Trevor Noah on SNL? And I didn't even know. <laughs> no, no, no. It's yeah. late. I don't know. I don't even know what my name is. I'm going to go drive a car right now. No. <laughs> so the Dyke Bridge, so the bridge that kind of complunked into the, the pond, it becomes an unwanted tourist attraction. Oh, uh, <laughs> And okay. uh, that's not good because this is a very small town. It's for the bougie elite, right? Mm-hmm. And now you have all this like publicity all these tourists hang on um and so it just the the quiet town just completely lost its privacy yeah because i think this is 
and I could be totally wrong, but I want to say this is near Cape Cod. Hmm. But again, I could be completely wrong. So talk about Kennedy, right? And this is, of course, like a story about Kennedy and they're making jokes and everything about that, which I mean, I'm all about humor. You yeah. know, you got to kind of find the funny and everything. But at the end of the day, Mary Jo Kopechny was a promising young woman who had a whole life in front of her. Mm-hmm. And so like I just I always like to kind of talk about them yeah right to kind of remember who she was because she has an identity completely outside of just being the victim of the chappaquiddick incident. yeah yeah so mary joka peckney she was a business administration graduate a uh, graduate graduate from caldwell college for women and was inspired by kennedy's ask what you can do for your country inaugural command she was a high school teacher teaching shorthand and was described as a confident woman with a pep in her step. She was also described as a humble or humble and I'm humble. Texas has really clouded my pronunciation oh, of goodness. the word humble. Okay. So, but Mary Jo, she was humble and not humble. She was very kind and she was known to be tough, but fun in the classroom. She joined uh, Robert F. Kennedy's, which is Bobby Kennedy's, secretarial staff after his election in November of 1963, and she became secretary to the senator's speechwriters and the secretary to one of his legal advisors, and she was known as a very loyal worker. She also played catcher on the Kennedy's office softball team, so she was really involved. She was a fan of the Boston Red Sox and was a devout Roman Catholic and was known to actually not drink very much. So that's very interesting. So, yeah. so that's why probably why her blood alcohol level ended up so high. She doesn't have a tolerance. She doesn't have a tolerance. And she's probably just like, what do I do? You know what I'm saying? And then you don't. I mean, we've all had those situations where we're fine. Shots, a drink. We're fine. We're fine. We're fine. I'm coherent. And then all of a sudden you're not coherent. And you're yeah. like, there's always one pivotal moment when you like get drunk and you're just like, uh-oh. Right. Yeah. It kind of just hits you all at once. You don't even realize. So that makes actually complete sense. Plus when people drink, I remember all the time, like in college, like when my friends and I would go to bars and stuff and I'm not much of a drinker, but I definitely used to remember my friends that when they would get so far in their drinking, they would all get very sleepy. Oh, absolutely. They would get so, so you sleepy. Because you're like nauseous and dizzy. Yeah. And sometimes you're like tunnel vision and you're like, I you're just like, need to go lay down. And, and, it, and it doesn't matter too. where. Yeah, well, and it's also very loud in the party. They're doing like conga lines and stuff, you oh, know? Yeah. Like ties are on heads, lampshades are on heads, <laughs> right? And so it's probably really loud and just like the hustle and bustle of the party. And so, and especially they're celebrating her and the other five boiler room girls. And so she's probably some kind of center of attention, right? Mm-hmm. And when you're drunk and inebriated and you're just like, I'm sick and I don't want to go throw up in the bathroom. I'm going to go lay down somewhere I'm going to go outside. I'm not going to tell anybody. I don't want to embarrass myself because especially at that time when we're supposed to be very respectable and we don't throw up and we don't get drunk and we don't do any of these things, right? Mm -hmm. And so she was just excusing herself from the situation and just went to go go lay down. Um, But yeah, so she didn't drink very much. She was obsessed with politics as they were her life, and she was constantly described as an exceptionally hardworking and skillful uh, professional. And in 2015, two cousins of Mary Jo, um, they ended up self-publishing the book titled Our Mary Jo, which emphasized the impact of her life rather than discussing Kennedy or the Chappaquiddick incident. I love that. And because Kopechny had been a great believer in education as well as her Catholic faith, the family member started a scholarship in the Kopechny's name at nearby um, Misericordia University. I haven't heard of that university, but I'm not well versed in universities in general. But yeah, so that is the story of the Chappaquiddick incident. It's it's such an interesting and very like it makes your head feel like it's being tied in knots sometimes while listening to it, just because it's like wait different theories and all of that stuff. And it's and and it's one of those things, unfortunately, that we'll never know like mm-hmm. the truth, and that sucks. And like the family has to kind of know that, so they kind of just have to accept that what we know is the truth, and it just doesn't make sense as to why he would not 
I, again, he admitted that I was there and this is what I did, but is that what you did? Yeah. You know, like, and it's just unfortunate. It really is unfortunate. You did such a good job. That was so good. Thank you. Hopefully my vocal fry wasn't too much. I've had a sore throat for three weeks. Allergies have been kicking my butt. Yeah. Lainey's body's been like, hey. My body's shutting down on me. It's like, so I'm going to break down right now. Lainey's like, no, don't break down on me. Please don't. I need this body. It's the one vessel I have. But anyway, guys, thank you guys for tuning in and listening to the Chappaquiddick incident. Hopefully, if you've heard it already before, hopefully we offered new perspective yeah this one this one had a really different little like spin on it and i liked it a lot sweet but if it's your first time hearing about it buckle in buckos because <laughs> eventually we're gonna get in some kennedy curses oh no oh no i'm excited can't wait to hear about it but if you liked this podcast go ahead and follow us on instagram at hellbound history Right? Yes. Yes. Oh, no. Don't tell me we're questioning that now. No. <laughs> not the mandala effect. <laughs> All um, right. We need to go before we start questioning our own existence and right. have an existential crisis. But we'll see you next week back in hell. See you guys later. Bye.